Welcome to Speak Up with Rita Burke and Elton Brown. Dr. Vibe, a man that I have known for over two decades. If I say exactly how long it's going to age me and I have no intention of aging myself, it will age him. (laughs) Nevertheless, I have to share with our audience about this man that I've known for such a long time. He's been the host and producer of the award-winning online show, The Dr. Vibe Show, for over 12 years. He's done over 3,000 online interviews with people from all over the world. Since April of 2020, as a part of the Dad Central Ontario Organization, which is a Canadian national fatherhood organization, Dr. Vibe has been the host and producer of the only online conversation in the world for fathers. Kudos to you, sir. The Dr. Vibe show has won awards for the best podcast news in 2018. He has been a certified coach since 2015 and Dr. Vibe. I'm holding you at ransom right now because I want you to elaborate on that quote that you gave us. Don't manage your time, manage your energy. Tell us what that means, please, to you. Well, before I go any further, Mrs. Burke and Mr. Burke and family, you have been a critical part of my online journey, my personal journey, my Black man's journey, my Black person's journey. And... Uh, I have to integrate here that one of the key moments in my black man journey as Mrs. Burke, I used to frequent their store a lot when they had a brick and mortar store. And one day I came in and I saw a book, this book called Black Men, Obsolete, Single and Dangerous, the African-American Family in Transition. I sat down in their wonderful store, read a chapter bought the book and read the whole book that night. That book has changed my life. Not only through the books, the culture, the heritage that the Burke family, Burke's family have brought to me. And uh, I'm just truly, truly grateful. One other quick correction. I host the only online conversation in the world for dads and fathers. It's sponsored by Dove Men Care. Not the only one in the world, but it's sponsored by Dove Men Care. Now, getting to the quote, don't manage your time, manage your energy. Our people for thousands of years have been in quite a challenging time. And especially over the last two, two and a half years, it's been amplified for many of us. We're more challenged than ever before. And I think it's very important. We've heard so many people from our community challenged by mental health before the pandemic, there were mental health, mental health challenges. It's now even more amplified. So before, and I'm not perfect, but before I go into anything of real importance and even minor importance, I make sure I'm bringing the right energy, the right positive energy to whatever I'm encountering. So that's, and I, I began saying it a lot now to everyone who I, my last words to everybody is don't manage your time manage your energy and people it's like a 
a light to people's lives. Say, I'm so glad you said that. Because a lot of people, as we would say from my heritage, a tired. Yes. And tired these days. So I tell them, manage your energy because the better you are for yourself, the better you can be for others in our community and our world. So that's why I use that quote. Black men, black men's journey and mental health. Have you talked to someone or interviewed any, someone and they, or I should say, you feel that they need help, mental help? Great question. Uh, one of my mentors told me about two years ago, and I'm beginning to believe it more and more, that almost every Black person needs a therapist because of the cultural and historical challenges we have a people have had over hundreds and thousands of years. We all need help. And for myself, the more I help people, the more people I realize need help. So when it comes to Black men, there's so many stories. We don't have enough time. But I'll give you a very quick story. Last year, I had the opportunity to host a panel discussion online at the Canada's National Fatherhood Conference. And I did not know what to present because I could, I could talk about Black fatherhood. But I said, let me do something different. And sometimes you got to look at your options, right? Sometimes you got to do the do different. So what I said to the organizer was, you know what? I don't want to just present stats to take this. Why don't we get three Black men together? And we just have a roundtable conversation about being a Black father. One father was in his late 20s, uh, separated, has, and another father um, married, was married, now divorced, raising three children. Another gentleman divorced, but won full custody of his kids. Within the first five minutes, one thing they had in common came out quickly. All of them had lost their father in the last two years. And they were trying to just get over the loss of their father. That's a whole piece in itself. So just because you see, you, we don't know what's going on in the inside. So we have to invest in taking care of ourselves. It's an investment. It's not an expense. So, you know, and I have people who mentor me because I realize if you're not careful, life will kill you. And especially when it comes to Black men, people may not realize this in North America, 80% of the suicides committed by people over 40 are by men. Same thing with teenagers by men. And a large percent of those unfortunate things that happen are by men and boys who look like us. I find uh, one of the things that I've noticed in our culture is the abuse, physical abuse, that happens with Black men as they're growing up, mm -hmm. which is a very sad thing. A lot of it is that what I call the suck it up mode, yep. where you're a Black man, you're not supposed to cry, you know, you're not supposed to be emotional. How do you address that with men of our culture how do you rise them or just raise them from the ashes well and elton i love it you're going deep i love it I mean, you're going deep i'm all in this this is good elton you're on fire for me today i'm feeling you one of the things i do 
when I have the opportunity to meet with a black man or a group of black men is that's a very simple question. Tell me your story. A lot of times we don't take the time to find out a black man's story. Because before I can help a black man, I need to gain and earn his trust. And one of the best ways of gaining someone's trust is giving them the opportunity to share their story, their ups, their downs, their hits, their misses. And I also ask a black man, what would you like to, what would you do if you couldn't fail? Because there's a lot of dreams, goals, and desires that many of our black men have given up on. And what's even worse is a lot of them have given up on themselves. So when you have given up on yourselves, any sort of behavior can happen. And a number of times it's not good behavior. So investing in them, let's not be transactional, let's be relational. One of the things I learned from the book that I bought and I have on my desk from the Birch Bookstore is Hakimata Budi. And I actually have interviewed black men who actually have this book. Did you know how full my heart feels when I hear that? But one of the things he said, and I think is very true today, our heritage is communal. North American, European heritage is individual. We are trying to fit a round peg into a square hole. No wonder we have so many challenges because let's be honest, this society was not made for us. It was not made by us. So we have an uphill battle right from day one. Dr. Vibe, you're informing, you're inspiring. To some degree, you're entertaining us. And you're doing it in an extremely eloquent and, what should I say, eloquent and elaborate manner. So obviously you've learned some skills, communication, leadership skills somewhere, and you're not even a Toastmaster. Oh, hold on a second. I am a Toastmasters graduate. I oh, am. Yeah. I, I'm from Vocal Mobility at Telus Mobility. When I used to work at Telus, I started the, I helped start the Toastmasters Club there. So that was going to be my next question. Yes. Where did you learn those communication and leadership skills that you're, you're showing us today, that you're manifesting today? Talk to us about that. Walk us through that, please. Well, and it's a continuous journey. It never stops. Let's just put it, because as I said, I'm not perfect and I have not arrived. And if I did, I'd be bored. So let me, one of my best teachers of listening was my dad. A little bit about my dad. He was born in Jamaica. Uh, Rita, Rita and Sam will know a school in Jamaica called the Cornwall College Old Boys School, Cornwall College School in Montego Bay. He graduated from there and then went to Howard University. And one of his teachers was the late, great Tony Morrison. Ah. Ah. But when I was growing up in his household, I'll be totally honest here. A lot of, sometimes I felt more like a student than his son. And it was basically, he told me what to do. I had no choice. So I had, I didn't have a chance to speak. And interesting enough, a number of years ago is, you know, Siegel's son, you are such a good listener. I go, well, you taught me how to listen because you never gave me a chance to speak when I was growing up. <laughs> so I became a good listener. And I'm a firm believer of the 80-20 rule. You want the other person to do 80% of the talking, you do 20% of the listening. Another, and I've learned from many different people. And another thing that's key for me is mirror and matching. 
And what I mean by that is, let's take an example. Um, if Toni Morrison was alive today, I wouldn't speak to Toni Morrison about hockey. I talked to Toni Morrison about book writing because that's what she writes and his history. So, and again, for our people who are listening or watching this, have a general knowledge of what's going on in the world. You don't have to know everything, but be able to carry on a conversation. And when you're listening to that person, they are the focus. And then make sure you ref you paraphrase back what they've told you because it's a form of respect. And when people feel like they're being listened to, more often than not, they will share more with you. And they will work, work with you, listen to you. A lot of times, we, especially in today's society, we've lost, lost a lot of the art of listening, many of us. And we have to realize, too, in a lot of cases, we have more in common than we don't have in common. So leadership had it from many people and from many different ages, like even working as a teacher's assistant in a public school, in a kindergarten class, great le leadership lessons learned even there. I want to go back to your Toastmaster. Oh, we're going there. Okay. I got I to go. I got to go there. Sure. Do you realize that that club is still going strong? The TELUS one? Yes. Vocal mobility. Amazing. They are still, uh, I know a husband and wife team that are very, very influential in that club. Wow. So it just, it warms my heart to hear that you were one of the founders of this, yeah. of this club. Local mobility, yeah. How was it for you to start this club and to actually see it flourish and actually become chartered or a established club? in Scarborough area, correct? Correct. Another great question. Well, for me, I just didn't do it for myself. I did it for others. And one of the great things starting up at that time is, tell us back then, a lot of stuff was call center stuff. And people were realizing that, you're, you know what, we're always presenting. If you really want to get down to it, even if you're doing something one-on-one, -on -one, you're always presenting. If you're doing something over a phone, you're presenting. So listening, the pause. Uh, I still listen to all counters. <laughs> I know some people in my in my journey that say a lot, and I don't feel I don't feel good enough to hit to tell you know what you say a lot, but I always listen to for the all counters. And it was so good at that time to build people and work as a community work as a collective. We were improving each other. It was like a, it was like a family. And just building on those skills, investing, investing in other people, watching people transform for better. That's one of the things that just came to my mind that Toastmasters does. It, you see the transformation in individuals. I'm sure Mrs. Burke and Mr. Burke, you've seen like even before the Toastmasters, you, when you were running your bookstore, you saw people transform. But even now, there's nothing, one of the most special feelings I get is when you see a breakthrough in somebody. You know, when you see that breakthrough, that person who you had to push up to the front to make a speech, to then go up to the front and just take charge. There's something so special in those moments. And even back then, so special in those moments. And it even leads now to, like I do training of coaches online. 
still the Toastmaster core things are there, even though it's virtual, still those things are there. So those core values, and it's, it's helped me in so many things, you know, with all the conversations that I do. And people say, you know, how come you don't say much? It's not me. It's, it's the guest. It's not me. I just ask the questions and I know when to come in, know when to come out. And even more so, I think I'm very blessed because I started doing my conversations before we did all this online stuff. So I had to do and not see that person and get those skills of listening to someone, investing them without seeing them. So I feel I was very blessed to get that training, that experience. The Toastmasters has certainly been a key to my journey. And I really inspire anyone, not in... Ask, inspire people to do it. Thank you so much, Ed. You know, one of the questions I don't have on my list is, but I'm going to push it anyway and get you to ask for you, invite you to walk us through that. Sure. You've been a podcaster before the word podcast was ever invented. <laughs> before the word was invented. So okay. Elton and I talking with you today are babies in the game compared to what you've done. Sure. What on earth inspired you to do that? How did you know where the movement was going? Because there's no question that you have become, for me, you've become the leader of the pack. Talk to us about that, please. Humbled by your kind words. Well, when I went to university, to be honest, I couldn't stand a lot of the stuff I was learning because it had no application, application to me. No, no, no offense, Jean-Jacques Rousseau <laughs> and others, but I just said, this is not gonna, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But one of the things I enjoyed was I DJed at the campus radio station. And this is when I had hair, by the way. And if you really get to know me, you'll get to see some of those pictures, but that's another conversation. And that when I graduated, I said, some way, Someday, somehow, somehow, somewhere, I want to provide a safe and brave space for Black Canadian men to speak their truth. Because at that time, and so we see a lot of it now, Black men in general, the only time we see the media is when they're unfortunately involved with the criminal justice system or they're entertaining. And what I mean by entertaining, and I don't mean just musicians, but sports athletes are entertainers, folks. They get paid to perform. So that's what I call entertainers. And I said, I just wanted to provide a safe and brave space for at that time, Black Canadian men to just share. Because I was just, because I knew a different lens. There was a different lens that I knew of than the one a lot of people were seeing. So I, all I had was a laptop and a dream and a microphone. Actually, I bring it out, but it's buried right now, <laughs> but I could bring it out. But I have a, I have a, I had a microphone and myself and a Cosex time, we sat at my dining room table and we had our first conversation. So, so great question. So in regards to podcasting, I, again, when I was going to university, when I had hair, <laughs> I was learning stuff that had no application to me. You know, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, all this stuff. Love, hey, Jean-Jacques, love you, but couldn't apply to me. I'm just a young black guy. Couldn't relate to all your theories in political science. But I did enjoy doing a show at the radio station, CJSR, McCall Letters back in those days. And when I graduated, I said, you know what? Someday, some way, somehow, somewhere, I'd like to buy, provide a safe and brave space 
for black community, Canadian men and those, who, and those who love them. So all I had was a laptop, a dream and a microphone. Sat at my kitchen table with a co-host. We did our first podcast about Michael Vick and the dogs. Spent some time. We took a break because I felt people are going to get tired of listening to me. And I'm still sort of, and it's, you know, I've made a transformation because I do share more because I've hosted so many conversations. I don't want to make it about me, but people now are interviewing me where I'm very humbled. Every opportunity like this, I don't take it for granted. So the tables are slowly turning on me, but I'm ready for it. <laughs> you know, the Toastmaster <laughs> training came in very good for that. So we took a break, came back, started to interview or have conversations with people who I knew. And I like to do, you know, I had a system in place. And this, like I said, I used to go to dinner parties, hang out with my friends, put that microphone down on the table, laptop, and we just talk about things. Then we graduated to, well, how about having people on a show that I don't know? And another, another pivotal point was there's a gentleman named Michael Williams. He was Canada's black, first black VJ on Much Music. And he lives in Hamilton. I live in Scarborough, eastern part of the GTA, Toronto. And he said to me, if you want to interview me, you got to come all the way out to Hamilton. I said, hold on a second. I got to drive an hour to interview you. What happens if you cancel halfway through? I've wasted my time. So long story short, I reached out to a gentleman named Ray Ortega, who ran a show back then called The Podcaster Studio. Within 24 hours, he changed the whole vibe of the show. He introduced me to a gentleman named Mike Phillips, who at that time had 25 years experience in audio engineering and spent six hours on the phone with me, cumulative, getting me, he said, Dr. Vibe, if you want to talk to people around the world, you're going to need a mixer. I said, Mike, the only mixers I know are mixers in a club. But, he, but again, he knew more than I did. He had the experience. So I shut up and listened and followed. And from that point on, then I was able to have online conversations with people all around the world. So when you are not podcasting, having conversations with individuals, mm -hmm. recording them, mm -hmm. what, what do you do? Do you have other passions that you are involved with? Absolutely. Great question. Uh, I'm all now into investing in my family and investing in people, also investing in myself. So making sure I take the time to do self-care, because as I said earlier on, the better I take care of myself, the better I can be for others. And the list of people that want me to help them seems to be growing over the last few years. So I have to make sure that I time block time for myself. And also learn to say no. If I can't do something, no. But also realizing that I'm at the point now where I'm delegating stuff off. So one of the things I do every few months is, what are the top three things that are taking up my time? How can I farm them out to someone to do? So right now, as an example, audio and video editing is a time-consuming property, project. And so right now I'm, I've already achieved it. So for eight months of this calendar year, I have interns doing all of that. I'm getting my time back. Because a lot of people I ask, what's more important, more money or more time? And more and more people are saying that time is more important than their money. Well, Dr. Vibe, I will not 
argue with the fact that you continue to be inspiring. As I said earlier, way back when you were a visionary, I kind of trivialized what you said. So I've learned my lesson and now I know <laughs> that I need to, I know that I've got to take you much more seriously. And without a doubt, you have grown, you have strengthened, you've actualized, and you continue to be a wealth of knowledge and experience. And I certainly appreciate your taking the time today to come share your story with a part of your story. Part, a, yes. a minuscule part of your story <laughs> with Elton and I on our podcast. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so very much. Well, the pleasure and honor is mine. And uh, Mr. and Mrs. Burke, as I've said to everyone who's listening or watching this, have been instrumental. Like I said, I keep that book right on my desk. And if it wasn't for them, that book wouldn't have got in my hands. And probably I wouldn't be doing, maybe, maybe not, but my passion, especially for Black men, started with that moment. For me, a lot of life is made up of decisions and moments. So I made a decision to go down to the Burke's bookstore every day. I made a decision to listen to them. I made a decision to want to be better. I made a decision to want to have it go through me, not in me. These are decisions that every decision we make will impact at least one other person. You may not think so, you're listening, but it will have an impact on one, at least one other person. So we really need to take a look at ourselves and say, you know what, who am I? And also look at who are you doing whatever you're doing for? What are you fighting for? If you're just fighting for yourself, my opinion, wrong fight. You've got to be fighting for someone and something that's bigger than you, greater than you, and hopefully it's going to have legacy and sustainable, and not just financially sustainable, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually sustainable. I will close on that. And also, one other thing, remember to give yourselves grace. I'm done. Stick me with a fork. I'm done. I just want to say thank you again for what you've given to us. You've given us food for thought and I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. On behalf of the Speak Up team. Yes. And, and remember folks, remember to shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. <laughs> and if you want to find out more, go to my website, the drvibeshow.com. As I say, it's the home of Epic Conversations. I'm the host of Epic Conversations and we want to see you win. God bless. Peace to all. Keep the faith. And I will end off with this every episode I finish off with this. Live your life as a dream. If you can dream it, you can make it. Sometimes you have to get smaller to get stronger. Block assumptions, then aim bigger, aim better, aim higher, aim wider. Love, faith, and respect. Remember to give yourselves gaze. And again, as always, don't manage your time. Manage your energy. God bless. Thank you very much welcome. Thank you for listening to Speak Up.